Come on in, guys. Hello everyone, Matt and Jared back here with Talking Llama, ready to break down episode 2 of Survivor 44. And Jared, I know we were both a little down on the premiere. Big picture, has your mindset changed after week 2? Not really. I'm pretty bored. Yeah. Yes, I, I would certainly agree. I think this week was a better episode, but that's not really saying a lot because it was just very standard survivor for the most part there are a couple a couple moments that'll be worth talking about i think and you know we'll see what what comes up but it just kind of was an hour of survivor and then it was over it's kind of how i felt yeah um i guess we we watched it about an hour apart well couple hours apart from each other so i'm i'm like fresh off i'm two minutes removed from watching it <laughs> and uh i'm curious to see how you're feeling after you have uh processed it a little more but man. honestly i i just keep comparing it to australian survivor and i i, <laughs> I can't do that every week because it's going to get super annoying but when that airs sunday monday tuesday and it's three great episodes every single week and now we have two weeks of this it's impossible not to compare the two and it's i've said it before it's basically like watching two completely different shows it's it's just crazy that it's gotten to that point like i you know obviously i haven't really watched any of the international stuff yet but to to think that like the shows that were kind of spin-offs of the original are just like they're doing what the original did better than the original from the sounds of it. And it's just not that hard. It It's not that hard to get it right. No, that's the thing. They're not Australian survivors. Biggest problem in their seasons is when they took too big of swings with twists and advantages and just overloaded it. There was a season they did their own brains versus brawn a couple, like uh, two seasons ago, I think. And it was it seemed to be like every other week or like one episode a week was some ridiculous, stupid twist. And then the rest of the time, they just let the players play, let everybody cook. And this season now, they're heroes versus villains. There's letting them cook. There's like nothing. Now, in, in, in Aussie Survivor, because of the way the, the game is structured with number of players and number of episodes they need to produce, they have one to three typically non-elimination episodes. And they, but they've gotten way better at handling that um, in terms of letting the players know and just doing it in a creative, interesting way. That's beside the point. Um, but this season especially, they're just letting them play. And they're letting the players create the game. They're finding idols naturally in the, in the forest or the jungle, in the trees. The rewards are real rewards. It's not just flippers and, and some fishing spool. It's it's Survivor. It's what Survivor should feel like. And and I I I mean, 
sound like broken records probably at this point, but just this is what U.S. Survivor is at this point. I don't think it's going to change drastically in terms of the personalities they cast. That's the biggest biggest issue in my book. Um, and we'll see what happens throughout this season, but they're not casting people that you can hate or, or cheer against, whereas Australian Survivor cast somebody. I don't think she probably didn't reveal this in the interview process, but episode one, she just outwardly racist, had the entire fan base rooted, rooting against her collectively. I'm not saying Survivor should cast racist, but they should cast people that have those kind of abrasive personalities because one, it's fun to have someone to root against, and two, those people often make for fun television. If you hit it right, Johnny Fairplay, great example. A lot of people hate him. A lot of people love him, but he got viewers. And current Survivor, they're just not casting those types of people. And not that I want to get into the the, the, the diversity casting. I don't think that's the issue. I think it's the personalities. And they're not going for a good mixture of the types of people for the show. Yeah, like you you look at some of their big swings with like the the personalities and obviously it it looks like Carolyn is going to be one of those where like she just she's so unpredictable and like quirky that they probably thought with the balanced rest of the cast like this is a good person to put on there to shake things up and I mean, I think we're both on the same page. Like that has been a huge swing and a miss so far. Like for she's... us, yes. From what I've seen, I'm probably a little more online than you are for Survivor. Most people, from what I've seen, and I don't, I haven't really gone searching, are either very much in on her or very much out. There's no one that's going to be indifferent. It seems like, but but the... what is she adding to the show? Like you said, unpredictability and just weird. Like, I guess yeah, not I just, like in a not in a, in a mean or speaking down to her way, but just, she's she's just an. If you if you take like a group of a hundred people, she's going to stick out as you know, quote unquote, an odd person every single time, and that's what she's bringing to the show. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's that's one way that you can go about it. But if you're only giving yourself a few chances to really nail someone who is going to make your season stand out. Like, I'm not sure that that's the kind of personality that I would be picking. I would want like, like, uh, like dynamic game player, like who's so wired in like, a like a Dom, you know, like that's, that's the kind of thing that big I wish personality would... who, who knows the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Should we get into the actual episode? Yeah, see, I suppose. See, see where it takes us. Uh, so we start with, with Ratu after um, the Maddie vote out, after the 1-0 vote. And Matthew is thrilled. He he played his shot in the dark, kind of like we speculated. Um, kind of saw where the winds were blowing, but didn't want to reveal his his cards. Or, re- yeah, reveal the cards he was, he was holding. And so he played his shot in the dark. Didn't have to vote for anybody. And... He kind of comes out unscathed. Uh, Lauren's thrilled. She's got her extra vote, but it seems it seems like it's public, and she just 
either I forgot something about the episode or she just straight up told people she had her extra vote. Was that public knowledge that she lost her vote because she gained a vote? Because unless I, I unless I just like looked away and and she was in a confessional, I swear this week she said, and I was sitting there with my extra vote. Yeah, I now I kind of remember hearing that too, but which I don't think they know. I think they knew that she couldn't vote. Yeah. So if she just straight up told people she has an extra vote. But did okay, I thought she might have just told them that she lost her vote. Unless I misheard and... it, I I I swore in the moment I heard her say, and you all know I, I was just sitting there with my extra vote. Yeah. And I, it I, cut I... to a confessional of her, like an actual confessional talking about having her extra vote. I would have to go back and watch that again. I I do love how how I mean, I guess it's a little more pronounced in a small tribe, but people see the extra vote or the steal of vote as this immense power in the game. And it just it just really isn't. Unless you unless you can use it to basically save yourself and flip back into a like a tie or go from a two three minority to a I guess a two two split. It's like you can make a big move in a what in a five person tribe. And then, and then what? You're you're more than likely, unless you do it right before the merge, you're going to go to a tribal again. You're going to lose at least one more person. So you, it's not like you can use it to carry numbers into the merge. And then, at at the merge, that it becomes even less less useful, unless you can hold it till the very end, which which most people can't. Yeah, the I guess the only way that I think it really has a lot of power is just if you're if you're working with a small group of people and you do like a, like a split vote and it ends up being like, it goes from three, three, two to like three, three, three or something like that. But that's such a specific scenario that. Yeah. Plus if you're using it when there's still three tribes, no one's going to care when you bring that up at final tribal. It's like, yeah. Oh, I did, I did this vote at the, at the final 14. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. That was, 90% of the game ago. So we'll see. You never know what can happen if she holds it long enough. And then maybe she'll turn out to be a very savvy player and she'll find some creative way to use it. Probably not just because of the game mechanics with people losing votes. It might just be a moot point, but that remains to be seen. Um, Kane is the one who's in trouble though with Maddie gone. I love how they framed it, which is true, but it's he's the only person left in the tribe who cast a vote against Brandon. There were two people who voted against Brandon. And yes, he's the only one who came back. But they, they phrase it as if like there was this big group of people that voted against Brandon and they just systematically voted them out of the game. And we'll see. You know, I mean it's it's one vote, first vote. If Brandon holds on to it, Kane's probably done. But if they don't go to tribal for a few challenges, who knows who knows what can happen? Um they do go hunting for the idol with Brandon's idol already played. It will be curious to see. Um, kind of like we thought of when they first introduce the beware advantage what they do with the the cage idol when it gets played if it just is out of the game or if they do just rehide it as a regular regular idol again um but at route two nothing came out of that soka has has a little little fireworks brewing jerry a little showmance oh our guy, good matt, yep. matt and franny which i'm sure that's your number probably i'll, I'll be fair your number two reason for watching the show is p- potential showmances 
Yes. Yep. You know, uh, it's, well, it could be number one. I don't know. With how the game has been played lately. Uh, yeah, top of my list is not out of the question. No. It's, <laughs> it, you may be able to tell I'm a little, I'm a little down again. No, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't gauge anything in of the of the I story. Mean, the the title of the episode is how Matt and Franny describe themselves. Like, so it's like they get that out of the way in the first ten minutes, and it's like, oh, okay, so a lot must happen in this thing. I the the one thing that gives me hope for this storyline is, which they kind of alluded to a little bit, is. Matt seems to be way more in on it than Franny is. And at the expense of one person, that can provide some fun moments where one person's way in out for the game and the personal and can't and can't really unblur the lines. And the other person can very clearly say, yes, this person's awesome. I like this person. But let's save it for three weeks from now when this game for a million dollars is over and then we'll get into that. And because if they can manipulate it in the right way, while not like just actively stepping out, stepping all over, walking all over that person, they, they, there could be some fun. I feel like there's a big example of this that I'm completely blanking on in the, in survivor past, like this exact example. And maybe it's international. And I just saw it a while ago, but there, I swear there's one or two moments or instances where this exact thing happened. And no, I'm not thinking of, of Ozzy and, and Parvati in, or was it Ozzy and Amanda? Yeah. Ozzy, Ozzy, and Amanda. Ozzy and Amanda, James and Parvati, but Ozzy and Amanda. Um, so I know, do you know, do you know what Ozzy's doing these days? Have we talked about this? Uh, yeah, kind of. He's an OnlyFans superstar, Jerry. Yep. Yep. Our guy. Um, anyway. Which is better? I mean, is that better than Chris Underwood's, uh, raunchy socks? Socks appeal. Um, Honestly, if Chris Underwood hadn't won Survivor, I'd give him the edge just because I'd be less bitter. But everything that he does is tainted because of the Survivor game. In my eyes. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I got to know him. <laughs> but until that moment, all I have is the Survivor experience. So that's where I stand there. Chris Underwood, I, I didn't I did not come into tonight thinking we'd be discussing Chris Underwood and his and his socks company. No, no, but hey, you know, that's that's why everyone tunes in to uh get those unexpected twists that never know. Survivor tries so hard to deliver. <laughs> exactly. Um Matt seems like way too smitten. He's he's got the the big hard eyes and Franny's got got he's she's got her her mind a little more right that she's realizing that it's already causing trouble potentially. Um, so we'll see where that goes and maybe it'll just be a, a cute story between two self-professed dorks and they'll get married and be the next, next Robin Amber, or maybe it'll ex- implode Matt's game and he'll go, go out next week. You never know. Well, I mean, we will know. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> inevitably we'll, we will eventually know. we'll absolutely 100% unequivocally can know. I don't know um, how I feel about, I, I think I picked Franny to win. Um, Yeah. I, I, I still, I, I think you can still feel decent about that. Like, because of how she quickly realized what the problem is 
and tried is already trying to distance herself and saying that we need to spend less time together. Yeah. She's thinking about the game, which is, uh, I guess, a good sign. It's the bare minimum you want to have your out of your winner pick, I think. She's at least seen Survivor before. I think everyone's seen Survivor at this point. I, well, think, I don't think they recruit anymore, which maybe honestly is a problem. Yeah, maybe. Another get another some, episode. Get some people who have no <laughs> idea what they're doing and just and just come in and just just blow shit up. See what happens. Oh man. Um, but Claire, Claire's on to him because they're very obvious. And although she she framed it as she's worried about Franny. And I don't know if that's just because they're closer and she doesn't want Franny, her her partner, to get blown up by this, or if for some reason she thinks Franny's inherently more at risk of being the the sacrificial lamb, if you will, of the of the showman's. Yeah, I, I don't have a theory on that. All right. Yep. Moving on then. I will we'll let's see how it plays out. All right. So to the the, the first big moment of the episode, Jared, Danny over on Soka finds the key to the cage. Um in secret by himself. And he opens it up. He's got his idol, he's got his fake. And as we love to see, he said he's going to keep it a secret. Now we'll see if that holds true, but he's at least going into it with the right mindset. Um, and he he was he was very clever and smart about it, as someone else was not later on this episode. Remember to put the bag back, relock the cage, make it seem like no one had ever been there. And from what we see, Matt and Claire go back to look at the cage and... Don't see anything amiss. They think it's still untouched, if you will. So Danny's in the clear, got the idol, got the fake coin, because sure, why not? Still think that's so dumb. Yeah, well, all the fakes are different too for each of the camps. Weren't the were the idols different too? I didn't notice that part. Because I swear Danny but... had like an actual necklace, and I think I thought Carolyn just had like beads. And, and like a coin. Yeah. I that might be one of the unless it was just how she was holding it and you couldn't see the full thing. It, yeah. Don't know. Um, don't know about the actual idols, but that might be one of the things I'm actually in favor of for this idea is just like making sure that all the fakes don't look the exact same too, because then everyone will know exactly what they are. So yeah, that that'd be suspicious. Yeah. Um, but then go over on Tika. They also haven't found their key, so they go looking. Carolyn finds it also by herself. Good move. Not was so she, good. Move. Was she looking for the idol or the key in the tree, or was she just climbing a tree to climb a tree? They never said, but I'm assuming it was to look for it. But she was uh, way when up have there. They ever hit it like where you have to climb a tree without like a clue pointing you there? Yeah. That, that I didn't even think of that. That's a really good point. That if you're gonna go up that high, it's gonna be because because a clue says like look up in the tree, Angelina. Here's a ladder to use to climb up that climb yep. up that ledge to get it. Um, that's a good point. But I think that's just kind of Carolyn's kookiness uh-huh. at play there. Um, but she finds the key by herself, unlocks the the cage, takes her idol, takes the bag, goes back to camp by herself, realizes, oh. I still have the bag. I should go put this back. Yep. 
Yep. You sure? I want to know in real time how long that took. Oh, that's a great question. Because it may seem like she realized it pretty soon, but the way they do the confessionals was probably long after it was done. So you, they can reframe it how they how they want to. I I would bet it was fairly quick. Yeah, I'll go like 15 minutes maybe. Yeah, I was going to say 10, 15 about that. Um, So she goes back. She does get to the cage and lock it and leave before anyone comes back. But, and this was actually pretty cool because usually you can't tell, like like with Danny, they made it seem like he got out of there right before Matt and Claire came back, but you can never really tell. In this one, it literally must have been like seconds because when Carolyn leaves, the bag is still swinging because she close it too aggressively which use your head come on not a surprise but just, not a and surprise, you got yeah yep so then when the when the rest of the four tribe mates come back to the cage it's still swinging so like yep. she literally just made it out of there and this was the most frustrating part of the episode and what happens next well yeah let's see if we're both going the same way because i mean if all four of you are in the same place and there's one person gone, and you all come back and see the bag moving, who are you going to think? Exactly. Like, what is happening? So so they get back, they see it swinging, Carson notices that the bag is, is open, and by all accounts, they were all with each other, either all four, or in like groupings. But the, the main thing that for sure is true, is Carolyn was not with any of them. For whatever the last hour, two hours, whatever it was, they start thinking, oh, somebody has it. Who could it be? Let's start reading body language of the four people here and mm-hmm. not even consider the one person who is not here, who would be the most obvious person to have it at this at this exact point in time. Yep. And and not to get ahead of ourselves, but like. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it when uh, they confront Carolyn about it. Yeah, so they start talking to each other. They go back. They, they empty each other's bags. Carson is all about reading body language. And like, here, here's the question, though. Do you think they actually just did not ask or discuss about Carolyn? Or did this, the producers and editors just decide to cut that out? I, I can't believe they didn't think of Carolyn until like before they saw her again. Yeah. Otherwise, like there could have been some weird stuff going on with the edit of them finding the moving bag like in the cage. Like, I feel like that could have been manipulated where like not all of them got there at the same time or like there's some tricks going on. I thought they all walked in together. Yeah. Yeah. But that that part that that was so annoying. Like, yeah, at least say the name, even if you still <laughs> want to consider the other people there, say the name of the one person who's just never been with the group for the entire day. She even acknowledged it. Carolyn acknowledges. I haven't been with them all day. I, I don't know. So they get back to camp. They empty each other's bags, which. It proves something, but. If you if you see the show, you know it doesn't really mean anything. It just means it's not in your bag. 
And it yep. means you didn't just like literally just find it because you had time would have had time to do something with it. Um, but what did you want to talk about with when they confront Carolyn or find Carolyn again? Well, that's like just another. So it, it's an irritating part, but it's like, how are we not better than this? Because they're all about reading body language and like uh, it. it just seemed like a couple of them. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this person that has it because I saw them do this thing. And then they get to Carolyn. And like, what do you think Carolyn's going to do if the thing is gone from the cage? Like, she's going to freak out because she freaks out about everything. So they're like, hey, like, this is weird. This this is like the there's potentially this thing gone from the cage that we've been looking at. And she's like. Oh, yeah. Like, just such a non-Carolyn reaction that... Uh, Even only being together for, what, three days, two, three days, they, I think, based on the way they've shown portrayed her so far, they should realize that that was a little off for how she would be expected to react. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking it's like a trick on all of us that, like, on the tribe, it's known that it's probably Carolyn, but they're just making it seem like it's not. Then ju- just show us that. I-, I don't see the benefit. If everyone is suspecting Carolyn of having it, show us that. I feel like that's way more interesting for us to know that they yeah. know she has it and that's they're true. just ignoring it. Yeah, I mean, I could be giving the players the benefit of the doubt, which, I mean... It's possible that they are all that clueless. I would be so disappointed if that's the case. Yeah. So maybe that's why I want to think it's that because in season 43 of Survivor, I just could not handle that being a real thing that got by 44. 44. Sorry. Sorry to uh, Gabler. I, I left your I left your season out there. Yep. So we'll see. Um that was, yeah, interesting to be kind, hilariously horrible to be less kind. Yep. But on to the immunity challenge, uh, racing up and over an obstacle, grab a pile of sandbags, empty the bags to find another bag with a ball in it, untie a ladder, climb up to climb up to retrieve a rope, release a bridge, cross the bridge, down a slide, one person uses the ball to navigate a snake maze. The snake maze is one that I would really want to, to try. Like, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. The, the way some people just absolutely routine it. Now, in, in this case, because of literal practice. And sometimes it's people just have a feel for that, which is just is beyond impressive that, that they could just do it. Mm-hmm. And then because unless you practice the actual puzzle or maze, whatever you want to call it. There's nothing that you do in like your everyday life that would, aside from just general hand-eye coordination things, that would be like, oh, I did this so I can relate that to using these two handles to move a ball back and forth up a winding puzzle with holes in it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's always, I mean, it's a, it's a tried and true uh, puzzle maze, but I, I, I always enjoy it. Um, so Matthew, not Matt, Matthew gets through the maze first, giving route to the immunity and the better fishing kit. 
And then Josh closes the deal for for Soka, which sends Tika to Tribal. And then on the mats afterwards, when when Probst talks to Matthew about how he just kind of crushed it, he says he literally built a replica. I can't remember what she said, but he did specify the type of wood for some reason. Plywood. Yes. Plywood. Plywood. Because you built a replica. Yep. Out of plywood. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. Good. Good job letting everyone know that too. Exactly. Cool story. Keep that to yourself. Yep. Although I, I do feel like if there's a point in Survivor, in terms of like the Survivor run, where you can do that, it's now because chances are good that there are more people who did something similar. Case in point, Carson tells us this in a confessional that he built 3D models and printed 3D models of a bunch of different puzzles. But he says, I'm not telling anybody that. Keep that to myself. Now, if it's season 25 and one person says that they built a model in their backyard, that person's voted out next. Season 44, that may be a little more common. I still wouldn't actively volunteer the information, though. Mm-hmm. You're just giving people inf- you're just giving people ammo to vote you out. Either he's playing too hard or he's going to be better at puzzles down the road when it gets to the individual challenge portion. Get him out of here. So we'll see if that comes back to bite him, but a sketchy move for now, at least, we'll say. Yeah, a bit, bit more of a flex than is probably necessary this early on in the game. On day five or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, so Tika going to tribal and... This was one of the most boring pre-tribals I've seen in a while, I thought. It's just like, hey, let's, let's vote out Carolyn. Okay. Other group. Let's vote, out, let's vote out Helen. Okay. Carson, I'm in the middle. I'll decide where the vote goes. Awesome. Yep. Let's make both of them feel comfortable. Yes. There was just nothing here. I mean, I think Carson Carson handled it well. Like, he he played his part very well. It just... By the nature of what was happening, it was just a very uninteresting course of events. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I feel like we skipped over a lot in this episode, but like we're already at tribal and like there's really there's really not much else to talk about. Even at tribal, there's really nothing to talk about. Yeah. Carolyn freaks out a little bit. She almost cries for some reason. Um she does not play her idol, which was evidently the correct read. Helen sent home 3-1 because Sarah did not have a vote. Um, but this does put Sarah on the outs. She had been working with Helen and Carson, or so she thought. Uh, but now it's, you know, we'll see. But I don't know why Carson would go from a 3-1 majority to a 2-2 split at the next vote. So Sarah's most likely next one gone if they go to tribal with these with these same four. Yeah, that was... It just seems weird, yeah, like on Carson's part. Um, but I, I don't. I just don't know. It seems like there's a lot more unknowns working with Carolyn long term. Yeah, unless unless he does know or suspect that she has the idol, and wanted to try to avoid being burnt by it. Yeah. Or did he know that Sarah lost her vote? I don't think anyone knows because she that's what she was saying. She's like, yeah, I want to make sure that we get four people all on the same page. So no yeah. one knows. That. OK, because if he somehow did know that or got to the point where he assumed she did, then it would also make sense to just vote with the Carolyn Jam Jam side of things. 
Yep. Yep. Just to make it simple. But we'll see. Either way, she's not in a great spot. Although she does have her shot in the dark, Jared. And an extra vote. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was on, only Matt that lost two votes. Not that it does you a whole lot of good in a, a three-on-one situation, but it's something. Can, hey, a 3-2 looks better than a 3-1. Yeah, and if you can pull one person and tell them you got an extra vote, then I guess that's yeah, an option. That that would be an option. Um, But yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, we skipped over Carolyn's poop story. We want to talk about that. Yes, yes, the tooth and the poop. And her, her son knocked his tooth out and swallowed it. And she dug through his poop for a few days to find it so she could yep. put it under his pillow for the tooth fairy, which is disgusting. Yep. Um, I think the yeah. tooth fairy would understand. Yep. I, I like to think so. Um, I mean, Danny, we he's a little weird. Uh, I I like his vibe, though. I like his energy. Yeah, he's he's kind of out there. He's like he's like a kind of seems like if if Cody was trying too hard. Not the comparison I would have made, but like just like Cody's just one of those like goofy guys who is out there to have a good time. And then like Danny just seems like he's goofy, but it's like more of a show. But I could be reading that wrong, too. Did you know there's a person on the Soka tribe named Heidi? Uh, Yeah, she made the fire. Oh, that's right. That was her. Okay, because she did nothing this episode. Not that we got yes. a lot. Not that we got a lot from Soka anyway. But I wish we got more from them because they seem like a fun tribe to spend time with. Like Claire, she she seems to be a very solid player. Yeah, Franny and Matt. That dynamic could go any number of ways, and then Josh and Heidi are kind of the wild cards. We're not sure what they're what they're about um and who am i missing did you think it was conspicuous at all that claire set out another challenge jeff kind of called her out for it yeah i was wondering about that because he said is that a tribe decision or a volunteer and she said both they didn't really make anything big of it but it's just like it seemed like a moment that was too coincidental that they would have just like left in for no reason. Yeah, I hadn't given that too much thought. Do you have any thoughts on that? Not, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing set one way or the other. It's just like I would like it if it became a thing where she just kept sitting out all these challenges and Jeff asked her about it every time. Well, isn't there something where you can't sit out two challenges in a row? Uh, yeah, not like immunity and reward, right? But like, so if it's immunity, oh, oh. then immunity. Because this was also a reward challenge. So it's not like there was a reward challenge that we just didn't see, which I've done before. Yeah, that's true. I guess I, uh, my brain kind of hurts when I think of it like spanning multiple episodes and like tribals and stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, 
I think I'll keep an eye on that just to kind of see. If Not it, super important. If it keeps going. Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of like but, grasping at straws for things that I found interesting this episode because I I am quite bored. Claire had some good facial expression re- um, reactions to to Franny and Matt. So that was fun. Yeah. Just the look of disgust and you idiots was was pretty entertaining. Yep. So she's she's obviously uh, thinking straight. Um, My winner just, pick. Like to see that. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I suppose maybe we should get back to the uh, the tribal we were discussing, but unless that was it, I mean that's really it. So, the the thing that I'm coming back to is with with the bird cages, they switched it up from the what the hell is it called the beware advantage, but the core issue is still the same problem where it's just each camp does the same thing. And you watch them do the same thing. Yeah. Like it's it's different than just finding an idol. Because the so much of the of the camp and tribe dynamic is centered around this thing. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like someone goes out and finds an idol and then decides whether or not to tell people or people are speculating about it. It's everyone knows that this birdcage exists. It has to be dealt with at some point. And then two out of three, both in the same episode, basically had the same result. Someone found it on their own, opened it on their own, didn't tell anybody about it. Great. Awesome. Yep. I mean, that's like a a better way of just describing what's wrong with the recent seasons in general is that like there's so much time yeah, spent showing us how each of these situations with the birdcage were handled like and then two of them are the same where it's like what do we really know about the people on the tribe that we're just focusing all of our attention on this new thing that you put into the game as far as i know there's i haven't seen that many like really compelling personalities yet and I don't know if that's because they're just deciding to focus on the game or if that's because there aren't any. And it's that seems like a problem to me. Like, just give me something like I. I need to figure out who knows what they're doing. I want to spend time with Soka because in the flashes that we've seen, I think they could be a, a the best of the three tribes in terms of just like engaging content. They had a good mix of personalities from what we've seen. Claire knows the game. Danny at least knows to keep his idol a secret. So he might know the game. And he's kind of a little goofy too. He could be fun. But when they're winning, you just don't seem as much. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, there's not a, a lot to get super excited about. And like when people are voting, the the, the pre-tribal was so just condensed because there was so much time spent on the cage and does somebody have this? It wasn't about relationships or should I work with this person or that person? It's just, what was this cage opened and, and closed again? And is this thing still moving? Was it, was it open before? Yeah. I mean, when we get to the end of the game, like what's going to decide the game is the relationships that you built 
early on and throughout the game. Yes. Are we going to be sitting at Final Tribal talking about how we maneuvered uh like the key and the bird cage situation and then it's like oh yeah carolyn uh we noticed that it wasn't the exact same but you got the idol anyway oh danny good job you made it look the exact same yeah because wasn't it i think in in 41 was it heather and and tiffany that were that were supposedly so close the entire time and then uh, i don't think it was it was it was it was, it was Heather Tiffany. and somebody. It was like Heather was or it Heather, Heather? And Heather and Erica? Yeah, I think that was it. And and they were like, Yeah, we've been so close the entire time. It's like, how? When was that the case? That's such an important relationship. You gotta show us that, but there's all these little knickknacks and whatever that they're focusing on. And again, I, I swear I'm gonna try to stop comparing it to Australian Survivor because it's probably super annoying. But a couple episodes ago, I'll track you in vague in case anyone's still watching or will watch. There was a massive, massive move made to vote out somebody. And there were moments where someone turned on an alliance member. A good move, a right move. And there were massive moments where you could point out how the player made the move was seen, how their relationship changed, how that person was speaking differently or using different phrases. And how he reacts to it and what he does after he hears this. And they because they they allowed time for that alliance to build from the beginning of the season to this point. So that when that player starts talking differently and the player reacts to it, it makes sense to the audience too that you're noticing something different as well. And in the way US survivors doing it, they don't have the chance to kind of highlight those subtleties, which clue you into why a move is made when it's made just really there seem to be a lot of inefficiencies with how with how they're running the show now yes they well again episode two plenty of time left to save the season but as the optimist of the podcast I'm not holding out a lot of hope for this one. I I don't think it's going to be an actively like bad season. But I'd almost rather have a bad season that we could just rip on than just a blah season where there's yeah. like not really anything to talk about. I mean, yeah, we've gotten 40 minutes out of it, but it's mostly just been talking in circles, complaining about the show and not even new complaints. It's just the same stuff. Four seasons in a row. Yeah. Yep. Like just yeah, maybe 43 was an anomaly. I don't know. I I was feeling pretty good after last season. And yeah, kind of back to where we were at least so far, but well, we will have a week off, I think, cuz I'll be on vacation next week. And I don't think I'll be able to record We'll see, but I wouldn't plan on it. So we'll have a mini recap of this one or next week, maybe at the beginning of episode four. But maybe, maybe two weeks will give us something, some some fireworks to happen, or they'll finally do a, a tribe swap again for the first time since the new era began. Give give us something different. Yeah. Yep. Not a whole lot of hope, but you never know. 
But yes, again, uh, next week is almost assuredly a no. If it does happen, it'll pop up as normal, but I wouldn't plan on it. So plan on us back in two weeks for episode four for Survivor 44. And in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed. Or before I start this, anything to add? Or are you going to close it out? I'm, I have nothing to add. Okay. I'm good as well. That'll do it for episode two recap of Survivor 44. Another very middle, just down the middle, nothing episode. Not actively bad, but nothing nothing to get too excited about. Hopefully that'll change. Fingers crossed that there's better better episodes, more fun on the horizon. Uh, but make sure you are subscribed. Talking Llama, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. And for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambidge. And we'll see you all next time for News of the Crispy.